Hello everyone, it's Olga Zarzeczna from SEO Sly. So this is SEO podcast by SEO Sly. Today I have a very special guest. It's Rafi Arbal from Market JD. Hi Rafi, how are you doing? Hi Olga, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great too. Although I had a small crash just a second ago with my screen and I hope that yeah, my battery will be enough to for us to record this entire episode. Other than that, I'm doing great. Okay. Yeah, so today I would like to uh, pick uh, pick brain, uh, pick, pick uh, Rafi's brains regarding lawyer SEO. We used to work together with Rafi for, I think, for a year. We were doing lawyer SEO together and Rafi is, I think, the best person to talk about lawyer SEO because not only does he do lawyer SEO, but he's also a lawyer himself. So that's, I think, a nice combination for lawyer SEO. So Rafi... For people who don't know you, can you briefly introduce yourself? So I, uh, I'm based in Chicago, Illinois, and I, uh, I've, I've lived here my whole life. Uh, I, I practiced law for a number of years. Um, then I worked for a company that is the largest vendor to lawyers. And one of the things they sold to lawyers uh, was websites uh, and SEO and pay-per-click. Um, and that was at the sort of advent of, of the internet. Um, I went back to business school and when I graduated, I started Market JD. And Market JD uh, focuses exclusively on marketing to lawyers and more specifically, lawyers in the uh, business to consumer space. We, we have a few that do target uh, business to business but by and large, our clients are looking for a constant flow of new consumers uh, knocking on their doors. And that's what we've been doing for the past 12 years. Wow, so, so, so 12 you started, it looks like you started doing SEO around, around the same time I did, or even probably earlier, because yes, I'm like 10 years plus into SEO. So what were the beginnings? Uh, yeah, in 2010, I, I can't say I was an expert at SEO, that's for sure, but uh, that's when that's when I started, and um, it, through the last 12 years, there, there have been a lot of um, mistakes made and lessons learned, uh, and that's that's how I got here today. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so nice, nice. Uh, so, uh, so you only focus on lawyer SEO, you don't do any other type of SEO, right? Uh, you know, I, I suppose if uh, I suppose if a plastic surgeon came to me, or if somebody with a, a parallel uh, business uh-huh. where our techniques would work the same, then we would. Uh-huh. But ninety, you know, ninety nine percent of what we do is lawyer SEO. Yeah. Okay. So now uh, I have to ask this question: What is lawyer SEO like? How does it differ from normal SEO? Is it like local SEO? So I think lawyer SEO differs primarily uh, in a few ways. Um, First, the level of competition uh, for law firm clients is amongst the hardest and most competitive on the internet. And that's reflected in the pay-per-click, average cost per click. So, um, you know, everyone talks about mesothelioma costing $250 a click or $500 But there are very few people that are bidding on mesothelioma, comparatively speaking. But even the run of the mill terms for a personal injury lawyer, you know, car accident lawyer, Las Vegas, those could easily be 140, 150 per click. Um, Indication of just how many people are targeting those terms, uh, both on the paid side and, of course, on the organic side. So the level of competition is, is its first distinguishing and most pronounced feature. Um, one of my clients likes to say that this game is a game of inches. 90% of the lawyers are doing everything right. The ones who are winning, uh, you know, they're doing 90%, I should say, most of the lawyers are doing 90, 90% of the things right. The lawyers who are winning are doing 95% of the things right. Uh, and so- you're doing 100%. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we try. Yeah. Um, so how else is uh, lawyer SEO different than other uh, fields? Um, 
another significant difference is that you can't do lawyer SEO without understanding both lawyers and SEO. So mm -hmm. uh, there are very domain specific things you need to know about the practice of law to market lawyers effectively. We are not the same thing as an electrician or a plumber or an e-commerce um, business because the practice of law is so highly regulated and because lawyers are selling their knowledge ultimately and their experience. If you don't understand their practice and their market and their client, then even if your SEO skills are excellent, you're going to be doomed to failure unless you can learn about the lawyer's practice. So the most salient example, which it's embarrassing that these mistakes keep getting made, is that the novice, uh, the, the, the SEO professional who tries to get into the legal space will often say that their lawyer is an expert or a specialist. Well, the lawyer rules say that you're prohibited from saying that the lawyer is, a, is an expert or a specialist. Forget the reasons why, if you're that interested, look it up online, but you can't say it nonetheless. No. That's the, the most basic of basic traps. And, and even when people know that, they forget it and they still make the mistake. Um, and so you, you need to be able to represent your client effectively online. And to do that, you really need to understand the lawyer's practice. Um, so I would say that is the, the second most salient point about that differentiates lawyer SEO from most other practice area SEOs. Okay. And, and lawyer SEO is also like partly, I would say local SEO, right? Because you also, you, you still want to need to like manage and optimize Google business profiles, right? And yeah. you have to like. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So if we look at where the calls come from, um, by and large, and, and we actually track every phone call, every contact form, and every live chat that comes in the door, we don't just track whether it came in. We actually, um, we actually go through the transcripts and wow. for uh, those that are viable leads, and then we send those to our clients to review and give us feedback as to whether they actually signed up or not. Um, you know, several years ago, I came to the realization that the more transparent we can be, the more honest we are with our clients, the more they'll appreciate our services and it will hold us ultimately accountable. So if we're going through and we see that there were a hundred leads but only two that resulted in clients, then we need to we need to take action. And we know we need to take action. We don't need the client to tell us. We could see uh -huh. that they aren't where they need to be. So we can tell where, where the what the source is for all of their leads. And a significant number of organic leads comes from, from the local uh, Google business profile. Um, and that is critical to uh, to achieving success for our clients. Oh, okay. So how do you do this tracking? Can you share more? Uh, so we have conversion tracking. Uh -huh. um, we use um, call tracking phone numbers. Uh, our contact forms also feed into our call tracking system. Uh, and mm. chats, we get um, a record of every live chat. Uh, and of course, we, we track our conversions through Google Analytics as well. So it's really two levels. Um, and the, our first level of tracking is simply the Google Analytics conversions that are tied into uh, both SEO and and pay-per-click. Pay but we don't we don't really take uh, we don't take much stock in Google Analytics conversions because if they're low-quality conversions, then they're not worth anything. So the second level is really going through. We have a team, and all they do is listen to phone calls. Oh live chats and read the contact form submissions and then categorize them and summarize them and prepare reports that we can review at the highest of levels and then report back to our clients on whether or not we've had success and what success 
uh, we've had for that particular month. Okay, and I forgot to ask before, like, how big is your team? How many people, how many SEOs are there? I guess there is a team for people doing just 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 listening to calls, right? There are PPC, PVC people, and tell me more about this. Correct. So yes, we do have we have 26 people, I think was the last wow. count. And uh, so, you know, the SEO team and the writing team work hand in hand because uh, we believe that the key to success, um, and this is greatly influenced by you, Olga, is uh, doing on-page optimization in a way that's I better, orders of, better, orders of magnitude better than other people, that um, link building is very much secondary and being the best at following Google's guidelines, their, um, their Raider guidelines, that is really going to be what brings our clients traffic. So, you know, there were, that was uh, very much influenced by you, and I thank you for that. And as a result of that, our SEO team and our writing team are almost one and the same. So uh, our, our SEO heads work closely with the writers to ensure that not only is the new content targeted to questions that people are asking, but most important and perhaps least sexy is the process of going back into old posts and determine yeah. whether those posts are ranking, are bringing traffic in, or have any links associated with those pages. If they're not, they have no value. They shouldn't be on the site until they're written in such a way that they do have value. And if they have value, they will rank, they'll have links, or they will bring in traffic. So that is our, our three-pronged criteria in evaluating content are those three questions. If they don't have them, then we, we rewrite them to address a particular question that consumers or injured victims are asking online. And only then do we publish it after we've ensured ourselves that we're adequately addressing a, a, uh, an injured victim's uh, real question. Yeah, so, so it looks like you also do all the writing for your clients, right? Yes. yes yeah, we, so. Uh, we do. We do all the writing. We write the pages. We write the posts. Wow. Uh, yes, that's right. So what else do you do? So you do the writing part and the, you make sure that the content you write is optimized for SEO because you have SEOs on board who work with, with the writer. So everything you published is, is already like optimized based on keyword research. And uh, how about uh, the design? Do you also design websites? <laughs> yes, we do. Thank you for asking. Um, so we do the whole process. Uh, we're from soup to nuts. Uh, because our clients need a lot of hand-holding. They don't want to worry about digital marketing. They want mm -hmm. to bring in clients, treat them right, do well by them, get great results, and then go on to the next client. They don't want to have to worry about anything as it relates to digital marketing. So we have to make sure that at every stage in the process, we do as much as we possibly can and don't rely on them for very much at all, except for top level guidance. And so, yes, we do an initial intake with the client to determine exactly what content and what type of client they're seeking. We then write the content, have it approved by the SEO team, send it to the client for review. There's typically a little bit of back and forth and a few changes. Um, and then once that's been approved by the client, we design the site, we send it to the SEO team for review and approval. And only after the SEO team approves it, do we send it to the client for review and approval. And then once the client approves that, we send the design to the coders. The coders uh, finish their job, then they send it to the SEO team again, who then review, who has their own, uh, process for reviewing it and only after they've approved it does it go to the client for review um, and then uh, we 
go live. Uh, and then we have a series of steps that we do even after we go live to ensure that everything is working properly. Yeah, yeah, I have to, I have to, I have to confess that I took part in some of the audits of the designs and of the sites that the staging sites. So yeah, I, okay. I feel More that I have educated like the people who were like there to, to design that SEO has to be like taken care of at every step, even, even when we are still working in Photoshop, right? Yes. So I, more than taking part, Olga um, was very demonstrative and uh, very effective in helping us rebuild our SEO from the from really the ground up. Uh, and uh, we thank her for her contribution to our process. There were many things that I was not paying attention to uh, prior to working with Olga that she alerted us to. And not only did she help affect every stage of the process, she uh, she her she actually recommended several people who are now part of our team um, that work with us um, who also embody those same uh, the same training and background and uh, subscribe to the same philosophy that Olga does, which uh, is effective. And uh, we were very happy to work with Olga. She did a uh, she did a great job coming in and uh, advising us. Yeah, and I learned a ton about lawyer SEO, so it, it was like a, a great experience for me for me as well. I remember you are very much into like like you just mentioned processes, so you have like a very huge process for like what what you want to do with the site before launching, after launching. Can you can you tell me more more about it? Why why do you like do it in this in this way? Yeah. I know you do it in ClickUp. I heard a lot of people do it in ClickUp because it, it has those templates. Like, can you can you tell me more about this? Yes. So this was a this is a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, many years ago, a friend of mine said that that people don't run businesses. Systems run businesses, and people run systems. And that's always stuck in my head uh, and I've always tried to implement that at Market JD. Um, but it was a long fight to get there and we're finally there. And the way it works is everything we do is process driven and, and almost everything we do has a best practice. Hmm. We've discovered what that best practice is. It isn't enough. We need to ensure that every time we do that thing, we're implementing the best practice. So if we hire a consultant like Olga and she says, your internal links need to work this particular way, well, we need to make sure that that's baked into our DNA. Every time we learn something new, it needs to get baked into our DNA to ensure consistency that every time we do it, it's the same way and quality so that if we have a, a great process, it's implemented across the board. So for everything we do, we break it down into milestones and tasks. And those tasks are assigned to individual people. And we have weekly calls where we meet with each respective team and among the other things we do is we review how we're doing for each client, for each set of tasks that are assigned to them. And through these conference calls, we often uncover new best practices or ways that we can make the process move smoother. And then we change our task initiation list to, to reflect those changes. And then we've, we've improved our process. And it's been incredibly effective and people love it because they know the people on the team know exactly what's expected them of them in each stage of the process. Um, and so we continue to build this out and to refine it, but that's what gives us our competitive edge is we know exactly what's gonna go into our SEO, into our websites and into our writing because everything has a checklist to ensure consistency. Mm -hmm quality yeah that's that's nice and i i feel that you probably it is easier for you to sell seo to lawyers because you know how to talk to them you just you just they know you're a lawyer right so so 
is it, how is it like? Is it like lawyers simply approach you? Oh, Rafi, I know you are a lawyer. You, you, I know you have this <laughs> SEO agency, so let's do SEO together. Right. Yeah, I wish it worked that way. Um, so I think lawyers are, and, and I am one, we are perhaps the least trusting of professions oh. on the planet. So uh, okay. lawyers uh, only works marginally. Uh, lawyers really want to get to know you and they, they, you need to build relationships with them. You need to show them that you're an honest broker that you are going to deliver what you promise and you don't promise too much. Perhaps my best advice is to undersell and over deliver. So I never ever promise results, but I do promise deliverables. And yeah. I don't get clients online. I mean, I do occasionally, but really my primary focus is going to where my clients congregate establishing long-term relationships and over time earning their trust. And when I do that, that's when I'm rewarded with more clients. But it's, okay. it's a very, very challenging process. Yeah, sure. So, so when a lawyer with a totally like broken old site comes to you, so you're you are able to like revamp the site, rebuild the site, everything from scratch, write for them on a monthly basis and also do PPC? Correct. Email marketing, like everything. The whole soup to nuts, right? So yeah. uh, if it's digital and they need it, uh, we have an answer for it, generally speaking. Yes. Okay, because it's like not only SEO, like everything, like um, online marketing, online marketing for for SEOs. Like, can you share some, uh, maybe some mistakes other than we shouldn't call lawyers? experts or specialists some other common mistakes you come around when it comes to lawyer seo and doing seo or digital marketing for lawyers well i think probably um the most effective thing that a digital marketer can do to help their their lawyer client is deliver great writing and mm -hmm. If you're going to write about any issue, you need to make sure that you've looked at what the competitors have already written on that issue and write something that's objectively and measurably better than what else is out there. Because if you don't, why would Google give you the traffic as opposed to someone else who has a better piece out there? And then why waste your time? So our goal in every piece we write is to have the best piece on that issue uh, on the web. The other thing is, I think internal linking strategy cannot be overplayed. Um, without the proper internal linking strategy, uh, it's impossible to succeed in this business. Um, and, and that has to be well thought out. Uh, and that's oftentimes the key to success is having great content and the right internal linking strategy. And none of this can be done, of course, without um, proper artificial intelligence. So you can't guess anymore. There are tools, they cost money, but they're effective. So using tools like Rank Math or Surfer SEO, thank you, Olga, um, <laughs> those, are, uh, those are highly effective tools, um, but it's not enough just to subscribe. You need to know how to use them you need to understand what is important for the lawyer and what isn't important. Um, some topics like uh, slander um, are very unimportant to lawyers. They don't want those calls and other topics uh, like car accidents, uh, they can't get enough of them. So understanding what the lawyer's priorities are uh, and what they don't want is critical mm -hmm. to those tools. Okay, so it looks like any copywriter just by, just based on the research they did on like Google won't be it won't be enough for you to like to write the article that actually can satisfy the lawyer and uh, like bring the people the lawyer actually wants to to have on on his or her her website, right? Exactly. That's exactly. So when yeah, so when you choose a topic, a keyword, you choose a topic what do you do? So do you check like what's already ranking? Like, for example, like, is there a featured snippet? Is it like part of your process, like checking what's on SERPs? Um, absolutely. Uh, looking at the keyword volume, looking at how difficult it is to rank for it, 
looking to see what other people are, are doing on that on that keyword term uh, on a day-to-day -day basis that's i'm not the one doing that search uh so the seo team is probably a better uh team to ask that but yes we're sure. talking refs um and S and uh, a variety of other tools including the ones that i've already mentioned um to determine which keywords to go after and um and how much how many resources it's going to take to rank for that keyword term yeah and regarding like internal 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 links i've noticed like a lot of lawyer sites and not only lawyer sites but dentist sites generally like doctor sites i noticed this is like a pattern they usually have like internal links like not necessarily the optimized in the best way i'm not sure why but if i think i think uh, in your case i think now all your clients have it like done the way it should be done that yeah, I, yeah yeah that's 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 where what i remember okay so uh, any other lawyer seo tips you can share or some maybe some secrets um you know i think um that you could never spend too much time looking at the google quality rater guidelines uh because that's really what google tells us are the rules so if we're not really following those rules and looking at those rules then um, we're not attuned to what actually gets uh, results. The other thing that I found to be very effective that I never used to do, but I now do, is uh, we have a lot of team meetings. And mm -hmm. uh, even though they could sometimes be painful because no one likes meetings and they could last too long if you're not careful, only by meeting with different team heads uh, and even people on the same team do you uncover problems and liabilities that you might not otherwise know of or be aware of. And only by having team meetings do you ensure that people are working together in the best possible way. And it's often during those team meetings that we uncover um, best practices that we need to implement across the board or problems that we need to resolve. Um, and so uh, I, I, don't, I don't think any team can be as effective unless they meet regularly to discuss the process, iron out problems and come up with new ideas. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one of those meetings uh, when we were talking with uh, with your head uh, head of writers, I think she shared some, some unique things regarding what we should write, what we shouldn't write. And it kind of dawned on me that, oh, I shouldn't be like recommending this. And it was like, like five seconds or of her time, and before that, she she never really shared that with me on on chat or on Teams. So, yeah, I to totally agree with that. Okay, so how do you and your team uh, how do you stay up to date with what's going on in SEO? Do you like have calls where when you review SEO news, or what do you do? Because no. I know you 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 do learn. Yes, we do. Um, so we used to do uh, a lot more of this. Now uh, we do. We don't have quite as much time as we used to, but uh, we used to have um, and still do from time to time meetings where we are all required to read an article on SEO and then report back to the team on what the article was about and what we learned. And in fact, that is how we discovered Olga. Uh, because I ran across her fantastic article on how to do an audit of a website. And, uh -huh. and I was very impressed by just how technical her audit was, uh, how thorough and how knowledgeable she is. Um, and uh, that's what drew me to her uh, and why we called her uh, to help us improve our SEO process. Uh, and so we continue to do that. We continue to read and discuss um, new articles. One person we like, or two people we like in particular, are Andy Crestedini and uh, um, Greg Gifford. Um, Andy, mm -hmm. uh, who's also based in Chicago, uh, we do this, you know, we're in the same space, we're technically competitors, but I don't really look at it like that because Andy's such a terrific guy and his he's so generous in his willingness to share SEO 
uh, tips and tricks uh, that I consider Andy a great friend and um, an excellent practitioner. I think he's among the best. Uh, he's just among the best out there, period. Uh, so I learn from him and I, I read what he writes uh, and I try to go to his wine and webs uh, that are in Chicago. I haven't been to one in a while. The other person who I think does a great job is Greg Gifford. He writes very persuasively and presents per persuasively on local SEO, uh, especially as it relates to the car industry, but those principles apply across the board. Um, I should also say Mark Blumenthal uh, yeah. is a very credible and a, and a good friend uh, who I've known for many years. Uh, so all those people, uh, and then from time to time, I read Maria Hayes, uh, Haynes on, um, on EAT, on everything, uh, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Yeah. Uh, also uh, a great source. Uh, and I, I, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't say that I didn't read everything Olga wrote. Um, so she can't write. I'm waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, she does a fantastic job and I'm always interested in reading what she has to say. So regarding EAT, uh, like how important is EAT in lawyer SEO? How do you make sure that EAT is taken care of? if I can say so, in the, in the case of your clients? So I, I think EAT is easier to talk about than to do. Yeah. And um, in my experience, the best way to establish EAT is twofold. Um, those people who are most active off the internet, who are contributing in ways that do good, that serve on boards and do pro bono and are actively trying to help those in the community. I don't know how Google figures it out, but they do. Um, and so I think yeah. they're uh, online for those good deeds. And that's not something that um, that I could ever prove. It's There's a little bit of faith there, but I, I really truly believe that those people that are most active in the real community um, get rewarded with EAT credit in the online community. Um, but what can you do digitally? I think establishing uh, your presence uh, on in your Google business profile and um, what you publish there and your content on your website, your content just has to be rock solid. It has to be substantive, relevant, recent, um, and it should be about the things that you're practicing in. So if you're a workers' compensation lawyer and that's what you do, trying to get cases uh, in another practice area on product liability, it's going to be a little bit more challenging um, than mm -hmm. somebody who focuses on product liability. You can't be all things to all people. I don't think Google will allow it. And the truth is you, you can't be an expert on everything, even if we can't call them experts, um, you can't know about everything. So I think my best advice is to focus and do what you know best. And ultimately don't worry about the technical elements of putting an author bio at the bottom of your, of your page or any, or any other little trick that you might do. Just focus on what you do, deliver good content and be a good steward. And I think you'll be rewarded. Yeah, okay. And do you like uh, think schema is an important part of like EAT and SEO? I do. And I don't know ultimately how schema affects SEO. I don't think anyone does, whether yeah. it's a factor or not, uh, who knows, but Google offers schema as a way to help clarify the elements on the page. So my thought is they don't give us much guidance other than what's published, but they do tell us that schema is something they're in favor of, that they want to see on the website that makes their indexing faster. So why not just master schema and add it to the sites and then don't worry about whether it's a ranking factor or not, because if it is, you've got it covered and yeah. if it's You've just made it easier for Google to deliver a, a featured snippet or however Google uses that rich data, you're, you'll have it for your clients. And so we've yeah. spent a lot of time implementing systems to ensure that we have 
all of this, all of the rich data, all of the schema on every page we need it. Uh, and we regularly check to make sure that it's it's performing because schema changes. And just because your schema works today doesn't mean it won't have an error in three months or six months. Yeah. So we're very anal about schema. We're anal about uh, making sure the speed score is done correctly and all the performance metrics um, that Google offers us. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Just wanted to follow up uh, on schema. So how do you implement schema? Do you like do it manually? Like, do you have a plugin? Do you use rank math? So uh, we, uh, that's a great question. So we do, we, we've done a deep analysis of probably a hundred of the top ranking personal injury and workers compensation oh. sites in the country. And we've audited what their schema was and how they structured that schema. And we modeled our schema off of those sites uh, because there is variation amongst the sites, but there are a lot of commonalities. So we tried to distill what the commonalities were between the top ranking sites. And uh, initially we were using rank math to implement schema, but the, the uh, number of schema it allows us to implement were limited so we developed a proprietary plugin that allows us to quickly add the schema that we deem most appropriate. Um, now, now, creating the schema is still very much a manual process. Somebody with a brain needs to go to each page, determine what schema belong there, and then create yeah. the schema for that page. So it is labor intensive. It does require a, a fair amount of effort to develop a system. It took us two or three years to get to this point where we're as fluid as we are now with schema. Okay, so you have like your own plugin, yeah? yeah. Yes. Wow, that's interesting, yeah. Okay, so you can like do pretty much anything you want with, with schema without like being limited in any way by, by other plugins. Okay, right. tell me, yeah, tell me more about the speed scores, core web vitals. Like, do you pay a lot of attention to the performance of the website? Because, like, lawyer sites, I guess all of them. Awesome. Uh, oh, I, I lost you. Yeah, sorry about that. Say that again. But yeah, I just wanted to say that I noticed lawyer sites, practically all of them have chats, and chats are known for like slowing the sites down. So, I guess you pay a lot of attention to the performance and like, where do you stand on that? Yeah. So, um, so I'm not a coder, but um, we have identified those parts of a site or add-ons to a site that slow the site down. And we've deprecated the loading of those things so that the very first content that loads, loads super fast. Oh. And, uh, and it does require uh, that the coders understand how the different measures on PageSpeed Insights um, looks at a page. Um, what I've also discovered is that um, uh, the Core Web Vitals is not directly correlated with passing the four rings that you see on PageSpeed Insights. Yeah. Um, and so, what I really believe is that Core Web Vitals to pass, you need a certain amount of traffic. And yeah. without that traffic, you'll fail every time. So we don't necessarily worry about Core Web Vitals because if, our, if the site doesn't have enough traffic, no matter what we do, we're not going to pass. And it does require a healthy amount of traffic. Um, so where we do have sites that do have a lot of traffic, those sites do pass Core Web Vitals. But we are just as interested, or we're more interested right now in the speed, the performance, the accessibility, and the SEO as measured by PageSpeed Insights, because those are all metrics that we can control and we can perfect. So our goal is to get um, above 90 on all measures, including mobile, for all pages on all sites. Wow. And, and it's a lot yeah yeah and regarding accessibility so i believe this is more than just it is nice to have a, an accessible site i believe you can even get sued if you don't have one right correct, correct. 
correct. So um, there are guidelines and there is no such thing as an accessible site. It's not a binary, you either pass or you Uh fail. It's levels of accessibility. And uh, and those those are measured by the number of accessible features that your site has. So I would encourage website owners. Uh, we we've recently devoted uh, more time than most people would think is worth uh, to ensure that all of the alt tags on all of the images are honest representations of what's in that image. So we don't try to trick Google. We tried to give a literal definition of what's in the picture, both because it helps those who can't see the picture um, and because uh, it's the right thing to do. And we believe that if we're honest and transparent in our descriptions of the pictures, it can only be a positive uh, when it comes to SEO. Yeah, and sure. I'd sure, like to say, I think yeah. you do well by doing good. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're focusing a lot on on images and uh, on alt text as well. Okay, so I have to ask this question because it is now like a trending thing. Where do you stand on AI tools or using AI tools just for like helping you with writing content, not necessarily maybe like writing the entire article, but with just helping you a bit? Uh, What's your take on it? I dream of the day where AI can approach uh, a real person in terms of writing content, uh, or maybe I don't because that's our competitive advantage. No, we, we, um, we would frown upon anything that was written by, uh, written by AI. Uh, so we, we don't think that the quality is there uh, on AI generated content. However good it has become, it's still not as good as a handwritten uh, piece by somebody that knows the area. But I think you can't write in the absence of using the tools um, because the algorithms do give us great insights, insights that we could never get on our own. And so we use the tools as guidance, but ultimately it's tempered by human judgment. And that judgment is only, you only get that judgment through experience. So it's the combination of tools and uh, and judgment that that get, get us to where we're at. Sure. And regarding images, so you create uh, content for your for your clients. How do you do? You like uh, create images as well? Do you reuse some other images? How do you go about this? Because I guess for lawyer topics, it's difficult to get the lawyer to send you original images. <laughs> right. They have no original images for the most part, except for their headshots. Uh-huh. So we do buy a lot of stock. Uh, photography, but we don't use those images on the, as they as they come to us. Uh, we have somebody that modifies those images, um, adds filters, crops them, um, you know, goes through some photo editing process to ensure that our images are different than all other uh, agencies' images. That Google, when it reviews that post and it sees that image sees it as a unique image that isn't anywhere else and can associate that with our article or our post and hopefully that delivers greater value to the end consumer and hopefully that affects us positively in the seo ranking yeah okay and can you name like one or two tactics that you find the most successful you have found the most successful in the last i don't know like six months a year uh, I think the most um, or I, the I, opposite, the least as well. Or the least. Well, uh, I, I think perhaps the most effective is understanding your internal link structure and making sure that it's consistent with your title tags. Um, having that strategy well developed uh, is 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 a competitive advantage um and it's easy to do it wrong uh everyone is internal linking but not everybody is doing it correctly so i i I think you can't focus enough on developing an advanced um internal linking strategy and one that's consistent with your title tags 
Um, that would, and then of course, focusing on on the four dimensions of PageSpeed Insights. I think if you if you do those things, you're going to be orders of magnitude ahead uh, of most competitors. Yeah. Okay. And what are some of the least uh, least effective tactics that you uh, find based on your experience over those ten years? Um, so you know, everybody. Uh, if you look at a lot of the top ranking sites, uh, you will see oftentimes a lot of uh, purchased third-party links. Yeah. Uh, and spammy link buying, I don't believe, is going to get you where you need to go. In fact, I think it could be counterproductive. Uh, I think only, uh, I think that the number of links that could help you is a very small percentage of the links out there. And that Google discounts uh, all of these junk spammy um, links. And what's surprising to me is that when you look at the top uh, ranking websites, they're often littered with hundreds, sometimes thousands of these spammy links. But uh, I don't believe those that's what's really driving their success. Because uh, we've had success for clients with very few links, but excellent on-page optimization. Uh, hmm. and so we believe in the end that uh, links are important, but not hundreds of spammy links from sites that are only there to, develop, to, to give SEO links. Okay. Okay. So that's because like, especially after the most recent like Google spam update, Google like crashed so many sites, which like weren't like the most spammy sites. They looked like normal sites, but they were, they were like involved in those different types of link schemes. And I believe Google is getting smarter and smarter at understanding that like even recently, I think uh, John Mueller or Gary from Google shared that Google is like, you cannot even measure the effectiveness of those campaigns. In most cases, Google is ignoring everything. You cannot even say if you if those thousands of dollars you spent even work because it's like almost impossible yeah. in many cases. Okay, so uh, is there some book you can recommend reading? It does not have to be about SEO. It can be about marketing, like more general one. Good question. Um, hmm. I think, you know, perhaps most influential um, in, in my day-to-day -day management uh, of, of a team is From Good to Great. Um, I, I really took a lot of those principles. Um, and perhaps the, you know, the one that affects me most on a day-to-day -day basis is getting the right people uh, on the bus. It's more important to get the right people in your organization than to have the right skill set because the skills can oftentimes be learned, um, but the, the personality can't be changed. So getting smart, uh, smart people on the team who work well together, I think is critical for any organization's success. Okay, okay, great. So uh, do I have so many other questions? Uh, what does your day look like? So the CEO of Market JD, what does your day look like? Right. So my day uh, looks is very interesting. Um, probably unusual for a CEO. Uh, I spend the first three to four hours a day talking with various teams. Uh, we have what's called an L10 agenda and we go through all of the items that need to be addressed on a daily basis uh, for the various teams. So one day it might be SEO, the next day it might be website, the next day it might be administrative. Um, uh, missing one off the top of my head, but we have, uh, we have a three or four hour meeting uh, four days a week uh, in the morning. And uh, it's really important for us and that's developing our processes, refining them, and ensuring that they get put into ClickUp. Um, eventually over time, I will hire a general manager to oversee all of these processes. So I don't devote so much time into mm -hmm. uh, making the product. And then the afternoon is generally devoted to client management, um, discussing issues, meeting with clients, 
doing sales, uh, responding to, to client emails. So that's the front end of the businesses in the afternoon. Um, and then uh, I try to also fit in vendor phone calls uh, as well, usually in late afternoon. Uh, and I try to fit into the afternoon my client meetings um, and, uh, and any learning that's going to go on happens in the afternoon. And do you do, do you do work over weekends? Uh, <laughs> uh, weekends just sort of blend into the weeks. Uh, yes, I work uh, pretty much, um, I'd say six, six and a half days a week. So uh, okay. evenings I work on the weekends and uh, sooner or later, I'm sure that's going to get easier, but uh, I haven't been able to work a five-day work week for, for many, many years. Oh, me too, yeah. <laughs> okay, Rafi, so where can people find you? Twitter, where where are you? LinkedIn, tell me. Uh, link, you know, the easiest way to reach me is just to, to give me an email at rafi, R-A-F-I, at marketjd, like jackdaniels.com, rafi.com, yeah. or you can just pick up the phone and call me. I still uh, I still use my phone. Uh, oh. It's 312-970-9353. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you or uh, respond to your email. Um, uh, those are probably the easiest ways to get in touch with me. Okay, I'm old. I will, I will, I will add these to the to the notes in case someone yeah wants to, wants to like have it have it in the written form. Yes. Okay, and you are on LinkedIn and Twitter as well, right? So if yeah. someone wants to follow, because you share a lot of like on LinkedIn, I think you share your the, the sites you designed. So yeah, I think you can. It is a good place to learn about your case studies. Let's say. Um, that would be great. So I am on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Rafi Arbel. Uh, I'd be happy to connect with you. And yes, we do post there and uh, we, we post some learnings there. Uh, we repost certain articles and we post some of our own stuff there. Uh, and we try to be a resource for SEO and pay-per-click and, and all things digital marketing. Okay. Okay. So, so thank you. Thank you, Rafi, for sharing your knowledge about lawyer SEO. I, I have learned a lot, even though I have been working with you already, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for, uh, for all your help over the last year for interviewing me today. And, uh, I really. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.